everyone. Welcome to the BPD Bunch brunch, where we get together with our favorite brunchy beverages to catch up, play games, and talk about all things BPD. I'm your host, Danny, and today I am here with Celine and a very special guest. We are here to interview the actress, Lindsay Shaw. Woo! Yay! I am so grateful to be this episode number two on this podcast. I was looking forward to it all week, so I'm very excited to be here. We're very excited to have you. What's everyone's brunchy beverage? I have got orange juice in this very fancy old school goblet. Goblet. Like I said, the aesthetic's not great. I have Celsius. I just have water because I finished my coffee before we start filming, so oh. it's water for me. Dang. I'm here for it. Water's good for you. Hydration station. Lindsay, can you share a little bit about your BPD journey and how how did you come to find out that you had BPD? What's sort of the lead up to your BPD yeah. story? Okay, right on. I was always an incredibly emotional person. I am an actress, obviously, and I kind of thought that that extra emotion was because of the, the job that I had chosen, right? And then uh, my time, my life started to really fall apart. I, those emotions led me to drugs, alcohol, bad people, bad thought patterns. Um, and I couldn't get out of that for probably like 10 years. And when I really, really was just like trying to get sober so hard and I, I couldn't, I realized like, it's not just the alcohol, it's these feelings that I'm trying to escape with the bottle, right? So like, yes, while I am an addict, like there's something else going on. So when I really made the decision to stop drinking and st stop doing drugs, I was like, I need extra support. So I went and saw a psychiatrist and she said, I'm 99% sure like this is what you have. We went through the questions, she went through the history that I had, and then she um, gave me some medication and I learned more about BPD. And now I'm learning like even more. And so I'm still on my journey of just getting to know myself with this diagnosis. And in this diagnosis, I got it two years ago. Um, although now I look back in my life and can just pinpoint so many moments that can be explained now, you know? I really relate to um, getting the diagnosis and then looking back over your life and thinking like, oh, that fits, that fits. I, I think I've also had it since I was a child, but I was only diagnosed when I was 24. So it was six years ago. I wanted to know how you found, um, maybe you could talk a little bit more about the interrelation between BPD and addiction and how you kind oh, yeah. of feel like that they link in your life. Oof. My dad was not a huge part of my life growing up. I mean, he kind of was, but it was very traumatic the way that he was in it. Just had that kind of a rough upbringing between parents who weren't quite communicative or ready or whatever. And so I um, always had this feeling that I had to do things alone. I remember looking back and having so many of these moments where the, I felt like the world would just go like this. <sighs> like the world would rush back and I would go into myself and I would just like... I'd be in here, right? So that happened with my mom, with my dad. My dad like lied in court and basically just blamed it on me, like between my mom and dad. Like, so I guess a lot of these big traumatic things that happened to me as a kid were kind of like locked dormant in there. So I got out to Hollywood and I was this like 
put together person. I was like working. I was, you know, I, I was, I was good at what I was doing. And then in my personal life, I started dating people and that unlocked all of that trauma and the abandonment and the rejection just all caught up to me at one time I felt like. And that's when I was just like, off the handle. Let's, let's do drugs. Let's take stuff that I don't know what it's going to do to me. I was in such a state of like rawness and pain, but that pain hadn't quite played out for as many years as it was going to. Right. Like I was, it was the first little like gnawing of that pain. And so I was like, I'm going to, I'm doing drugs. Right. Like, and it wasn't long before that became such a slippery slope. And the more that I would do drugs, the more emotional I'd get and the more emotional I'd get, the more I'd want to do drugs. And that, that pattern um, really, really got me because I had no idea where I was anymore in there, where the trauma ended. Like, I, I just had no joy in my life by the time I got to like the end of my drug use, right? And like this undiagnosed thing that was just gnawing at me. So I left LA for two years and I, I got... <laughs> I don't say sober, but like I started this sober journey, right? And I relapsed once I got back to LA and, you know, I had done that two years. So I was like, I've done work on it. I have the tools. I've been in AA. I have the sponsor, blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, I was just white knuckling sobriety. Right. And so then I get, I came back to LA and I, I went off on and off like being sober. And then just the, the reason I had to leave LA just kind of came all the way back up on me. Right. The usage got so bad again like that. So my last weekend using, I, I mean, it was such a shit show. It was like two weeks of just total blackout. And, um, I just thought I, I, I can't, like, I can't anymore. And I, I don't know what to do. I've already used my resources at home. Like nobody wants anything more to do with me. Cause they like put all this time into me being sober. Right. And like, I could understand that. And so I literally did the thing that everybody had been telling me for years to do, went and saw a doctor. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's a great question. I haven't actually um, answered that before. You're talking about like to, to soothe the emotions. It reminds me of a phrase that somebody, as a part of one of the programs I went through, they were, they, I met someone who was like, I'm a drug dumpster. I just take <laughs> whatever, whatever people give me, like, I'll take it. If it means I don't have to feel feelings, like give it to me. Uh, was that, that ever? Made me think of. <laughs> that is exactly it. Oh. Did you either have either of you have addictive personalities or problems with any other substance? I would say that I I like borderline qualified for like a substance use disorder because, mm. but it was always in reaction to some of those emotional things. So. Once I was able to deal with those, then the substances weren't as much of an issue anymore. Um, but Same. absolutely. I mean, sometimes I use substances as a way to like get revenge on people. It was like, oh, you are leaving me. I'm going to go drink all of this and fall apart. And it's your fault. Because that <laughs> totally makes sense. <laughs> And now you want to come running back to me, don't yeah, you? Like, yeah, don't you want to deal with this? <laughs> you could have all of this. Yeah, you could have this mess on the floor. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, yeah. I haven't ever really used substances, but 
I, at the beginning, well, yeah, it was last year, I got into Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous and Codependence Anonymous. And I think that's definitely where my acting out has been in relationships and using my body in ways that I wouldn't want that for myself anymore. Um, so that's been a really, really good journey because it's that really deep work of looking at like the love and sex addiction. So I, I, I can relate, but just not with substances, with different types of addiction and acting out behaviour. How have you found recovery post Hollywood and being in the public eye? Like, how have you found that? So when I left LA, it was in shambles. I went to Arizona and I remember just the shame had to wash out of me for like six months. Like whenever anybody would come up to me and say, oh my gosh, I knew you from XYZ, which I was in a small town in Arizona, like a decent amount of people came up and talked to me, right? I wouldn't even really know what to say. I would just start sweating. Like I'm a sweater. Like I, I sweat when I'm under pressure and I, I can't hide it. Don't let them see you sweat. Well, too late. Um, <laughs> I had so much trauma in my body. I was so scared to be this, um, this failure of a person while you're still lauding me for these, these things. And I don't feel that person. I want you to not look at me. Like I feel like nothing, you know? And so that was difficult. And then I found that I am really a pretty simple girl. You know, I really enjoyed being out of Hollywood for those two years. Not like I really enjoyed it just because my mind was like, Oh, I'm rebuilding, but like my body enjoyed it. Like I was finding peace there. It made it easier to get into AA. I'm a simple fucking person that that's just what it is. And it was easy, a lot easier for me once I was out of LA to do that. And now that I feel like I've gotten a little bit of a hold on it, now that I'm back, I'm like, dude, I can talk about this just ad nauseum because so much time and effort was put into getting to this place, you know, so much time and effort in the wrong direction, maybe, and then back and then this and then other. And so now talking about recovery feels so therapeutic and healing. And I feel like I actually have a foot in what I'm talking about now, as opposed to just really wishing those things in in past interviews and stuff one of the questions i did have is um you know i mean i've had a very limited experience in the entertainment industry and uh, and there's also sort of it has the reputation of how, you know being very like party heavy and so one of my curiosities is what sort of your approach uh reintegrating yourself into that world without getting sucked into some of those some of those elements so here's the deal that actually is one of the easiest things. Being home and dealing with little shit sucks. Finding where I fit again in an industry that I contributed to is has given me a little bit more confidence. And the thing is, I feel like me. I don't know how else to say that, but I'm not... I'm not saying things for you to react in a certain way. I'm not, I don't need anything from you. I'm not trying to get you to think that I'm like the end all be all or try to get you to be attracted to me. I'm not trying to do anything, but just like lay in the cut and be there. I never liked drinking. I was always very socially anxious. And finally, girl, that social anxiety left. Like, <laughs> I, you know, there is anxiety in other areas, but like, now I feel like I can walk into a room, say my piece and be okay with what I've said and walk out. And I know that I'm going to conduct myself in a way that, that I can, that I can hold my head up. Right. And I feel like I'm talking in my voice for the first time in so long. Like truly you forget how to get to know people. You forget the art of conversation when like cocaine is an Adderall or fueling every single one. And 
I feel, I feel like myself. That's the thing. I feel like myself. I, I'm on my own two feet and I never have been. I never have been here. I've walked in and I'm just like, oh God, please choose me. Please look like, please choose me. And, and now I'm like, let's just talk. What's up? You know, there's not so much riding on everything I'm saying, being perceived as something, you know, if you say something stupid or X, Y, Z, if they are looking at the other person, you know, there's just no expectation I have on people or the party at this point. I actually think that I bring a lot to the party. So, you know, yeah. That's so nice. (laughs) Right? You got to come out here. We got to go to a premiere once. I want to take you down a carpet. Yeah. We'll do it. Do it. One of these days. I'm curious. You would only know this in retrospect because you didn't have the diagnosis at the time. But do you do you feel like looking back, there are any roles that you gravitated towards that were sort of connected to how you feel in your diagnosis or your your mental health journey and all? Paige, Paige from Pretty Little Liars. Um, so that got me at a time when. You know, the innocence was kind of starting to slip. So I worked on that show for like six years, right? The innocence was starting to slip. And, um, you know, I was starting to use drugs a lot more regularly. And so the thing is, I wouldn't have to be there every week, right? Like they'd call you, you know, three weeks would go by, they'd call you again. Like that was the beauty of being a recurring actress. And just season after season, I felt like it just got more and more of a shit show and emotional. And I, I remember being on set behind the scenes. I was a wreck. Like, I was a wreck. I just didn't want anybody on set to see me. I got this horrible paranoia. Like, imagine your safe space where you've gone your whole life and you just know what to do when you're there. Like, and going there and being like, oh God, I feel none of that. I am going to throw up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can't connect to the people that I'm with. I, one time I was just sitting there, like they were waiting to call us on stage. I was sitting there like this, like just really worried. Tears start streaming down my face. And I'm not like, they, I'm just sitting like this and they just start and they go, Oh my God, what's wrong? Like you're, you're up next. What's wrong? So I have to get it back in the chair and I'm just like, I don't know. And I can't speak because I'm not going to be able to speak in this scene. If I do it, it was, it was torturous. It was torturous. And I had no, I didn't reach out, had no diagnosis at the point. I was doing drugs almost every night that I went home. You know what I mean? And so that role was really, I mean, BPD heavy. (laughs) It was a dark, dark time for me. And while I think that that really contributed to the character of Paige, I was, I was really going through that in life. I left shortly after that for um, Arizona, after I finished filming, I left about six months after that. Was that at the end of, because you came back right at the end, didn't you, in the last season? Yes, I came back um, right at the end, which was great. I had left in season five and I was so skinny because I was all the Adderall. I was just wildly skinny and they let me go. They let me go because of that at the end of season five. And then they called me back for season seven and I was like, so grateful, like, that that's one of the things that I felt like was cosmically divine that I got to like see my my way at myself out of that show in such a graceful way. How have you found the journey repairing that with your mother? You don't have to answer <laughs> that, but I I have mother wounds as well. So I was raised by a narcissistic wow. father, mm. and my mom was absent when I from when I was seven, and I now live with her now, and so we've had six years of repairing our relationship as adult to adult. 
and it's been really healing. I, 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 I agree. I, you know, my mom and I, we started out as such a, a great team out here. And while there might've been some like whatever for us getting out here, like once we were out here, we were a pretty good team. Right. And so as I started just wanting to grow, right. Like she really wanted to keep me in the same place and not even like malicious, whatever. She was just scared. She was just scared to let me go. Right. She supported me. She loved me. She believed in me, but like she really did put all the eggs in, in one basket, right? And she would always say, I believe in you, I believe in you. Like, there's no way I could ever not believe in you. And to me, I don't wanna say that, I've never wanted to like look at this aspect of whatever, but I just think like there was a lot of push for me to go to California. And so I didn't really realize that I resented that or didn't feel like that was totally my decision until way, way later when I was deeply into substance abuse. And of course my reaction then was, horrible and out of proportion and a lot messier than it needed to be. I know that my BPD just weighed on her so heavily. Like my mom is such a lamb, you know, and, uh, and I just think she really did her best, you know, for whatever that was. I truly believe that my mom has always shown me love and for, for whatever the reason, we just ended up on this journey together and getting this diagnosis and being able to like make a little bit of amends with her has been everything. Like just allowing her to speak and be be somebody with valid emotions just like me and issues and problems and wanting support and compassion just like me and all these things that I think that I had been very angry at my mother for um, getting sober and sort of like being with my best friend. My best friend reminds me so much of her, but she has helped me understand her better and understand that like nothing is ever going to trump me not wanting you to be alone and how much I love you, you know? And, um, and that's what I've kind of come to with both of my parents, you know, is the relationship perfect? No. Is there still a lot of pain that I feel like could be resolved if we could just align our ships a little better? Yeah. But my God, the forgiveness that I have felt for my parents and the, the regret that I feel towards treating my mom in that way, um, it's overwhelming at times, but it's healing now, you know, it's healing now. And God, she's just wonderful getting, getting to know her in my right mind. Thank you. I didn't mean to make you upset. You keep getting me. I really relate to everything you've said because yeah. yeah, I just did my amends to my mom, <sighs> pushing her away, being a horrible teenager because she didn't raise me blaming her for leaving me and now I'm just seeing all that they were just doing their best in and my dad who's who's we're never going to pro probably align our ships as you said but I can see them for who they are and I can exercise compassion I think that's probably the biggest thing that the diagnosis has given me as soon as yes. I got the diagnosis and I realized what it was and how it works I was like I really want to help people with with this and I want to I want to save the world and that's why I started Borderline UK because I was like I really want to get this out this information out there it's a lot more well known in America the diagnosis is not so well known in the UK so um I've tried to kind of capture you know just just the sort of information that we put out on the page but like aiming it for you it, I mean it went international anyway because B, the BP online community isn't that big but, um, yeah, I, I completely relate to what you're saying about parents. Thank you for sharing. My last question was, what are your top three things to 
do to keep well? All right. Well, number one, I, I guess I'm just going to go off my like routine. So number one, I drink my green juice every morning. It's this greens that is super easy for me to take. There's no sensory whatever. Right. And I can just get it in my body and like the nutrients wake up my brain and make me feel so much better. Right. Cause I kind of wake up with this cloud over me just because. So I do that. I go outside. I really try to spend time outside just with nature or whatever. I feel like I'm a lazy person, but like at this point I could leave my phone and just go and sit somewhere and do nothing. You know what I mean? I'm not that type of person. That's what I mean. I think I'm simpler. Like I could, I could sit in the grass dude and like chant and play with the dog and whatever. That's so just getting outside things about you, right away I from like, the screen. I, I, I feel like in some ways we are like the opposites because I like can't stop doing stuff. And I'm just like, how does she chill out? Like I had a conversation with my mom once. I was like, how do you relax? And she looks at me and she's like, I don't know. And I was like, <laughs> So I'm definitely the rest of my family. So I'm just like, I admire you for that. Like that's no, skill. I, and I admire you. I'm like, hey, could I get motivation to leave any mark on the world? Anything? All right, I'll just protect my peace over here. <sighs> I think it's and, great. And then I talk a lot more than I used to about to my friends because I actually have friends now. <laughs> that was the other thing that really made it hard. I had no ability to form actual connections with people before the diagnosis. Seriously, I went through 32 years of my life. I feel like consistent friendship relationship didn't have until after my diagnosis at 32. So I, I didn't have any friends, right? Because I wasn't a friend. And now that I am, wow, wow, I care about, I care about people and I care about their outcome and I care about being of service to them. So being of service to people really fulfills my AA thing. And it also makes me feel needed, useful and validated. Um, and I feel like I don't just talk to people to give them my, you know, smart synopsis of things I've learned in a book five years ago. Like I used to use other people's words to communicate with people all the time, right? Like, look how smart I am. Look at this and that. But no, actually talking to somebody and listening to them and having a real conversation, getting to know someone. I forgot how to get to know someone, truly. And now, you know, talking with people, it's like all my, all my energy is just like... I want to thank you because I, you know, until I saw your video where you're talking about having BPD, I think you are the only in the United States. I know people other, but you are the only female celebrity I know of in the U.S. who has self-disclosed having BPD. I'm sure there are some. Yes. Yeah, but like but... all the other ones that I've heard of, it's like other people talking about them. Or it's like, it's like in an article, like so-and-so has BPD, but you know, it's, it's never like, oh, this is a thing that I struggle with. You were the first. No! Uh, and so. And I feel like, like, you know. So I was so excited to hear you share about that. And I'm glad that it's <sighs> cathartic and therapeutic for you and not like re-traumatizing because it's, I think it's amazing to hear, to hear somebody in, you know, who everyone sort of looks at and you can just be like, yeah, this is a thing. Oh my gosh. I, I so appreciate that. This page is so informative. I have learned so much. I sit just like scrolling through <laughs> the little like texts of, and like the last interview I was on, I just really appreciate you reaching out and being communicative with me and allowing me to come on here. I have learned so much and this is such a cool group of people and you're, y'all are so creative. And I just feel really lucky. And I think like, I'm just grateful that my honesty brought me here and that, um, 
you know, there are like, like-minded people. All I can tell is my story. I have been honest to a fault my whole life, but I don't think there's any fault in this honesty. You know, it's how I've survived. That's it. That's the only life story that I have to tell. And if you guys want to tune in, like if I'm still somebody that you want to, whatever, like that's, that's, that's what I got, you know? Um, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not ashamed anymore because the diagnosis actually relieved a lot of the shame that I thought that I was just as a mm. person, just as a human being, you know, that petty, vengeful person, like having the label of deep BPD, I'm like, oh, okay, now we can work from a point of reference and it's okay. So now I, I feel relieved almost talking about the BPD, you know, and being like, yo, there is help this hell does not have to exist forever. Anybody else feeling this? Like, even if you don't have BPD, emotion adjacent, life is a fucking lot. So if anything I can say can resonate, just like when, when y'all talk and it resonated with me, that's all I want to be for people because it is humiliating to be without a diagnosis, without any support, without, and you know, just being kind of called on your behavior. And that's not you, so... What message or takeaway would you want to share with anyone watching who's like still really struggling to get a foothold in their recovery, whether it's with substances or with BPD stuff? Everything that you're looking for is in a small, quiet room with yourself. Okay. The help is out. Like there, there is help out there for you and they're like people, you know, but the thing is like, you're not going to learn anything until you're sitting with yourself alone in, in a room, right? And so acceptance is a quiet room. And that is really what I can say. Like, I, I want to say so much more, but in, until and unless you're ready, until your life means more to you than whatever you're doing to escape it, it, it it's, it's really hard to slow down. So I just ask that you try to just keep awareness, try to just check in with yourself when you can, because it is a very hard thing to stop in its tracks. But anytime that you could just slow down for one second, you know what I mean? Don't get up from the table right away. Sit there five minutes after your meal and just feel what it's like for the body to be at rest, for you to be aware that it's at rest. Just becoming a little bit more aware of your physical body. That was huge for me because it got me a little bit out of here and a little bit into here. And when this wants to feel good, this starts to like get a little more on track, but there is no easy solution. And I just, I, I pray that everybody can find somebody to talk to, whether it's your priest, a therapist, your friend, you know, the wall, whatever. Um, it is not an easy road. It is not linear and it is, it is messy, you know, but in that messiness is healing. And, um, yeah, I just pray that everybody has a safe space that they can go to just start to get a foothold on it. It is so scary and you are not alone and it won't last forever. Like it won't. Oh, that was so fun. That was so Thank beautiful. You. Oh yeah. My <gasps> oh, hey, hey. <laughs> recovering sisters. We're recovering. Yeah, we got this. So thank you, Lindsay, so much for coming to chat with us today. It was really awesome to hear all of your stories and experience Thank you so much uh, for having me. I absolutely love this neighborhood, this BPD neighborhood. And yeah, thank you so much for letting me learn this bunch and have this space and, and talk things out. It's a really cool space. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank you again for coming. And thank you everyone for watching. We hope you got a nugget of wisdom to take with you on your journey. And we will see you next time.
った。